Gig Gab, episode 78 for Monday, August 22nd, 2016. <music> Greetings, folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the podcast by, for, and about working musicians here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. Just waking up here in Los Gatos, California, Paul Kent. Good morning, Paul. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> that says it all right there. Uh, the life of a working musician. Recording <laughs> early on a Sunday morning because uh, because you're taking a red eye to New York tonight. <laughs> right. Yeah. We just finished... Four in a row. And I got to tell you, it's been an experience. The first three were awesome. Okay. Each one each one better than the last, both playing and energy and audience. And I was really excited for the fourth one, uh, which was in a town about an hour and a half away from here. Ooh. So it's decent drive. Um, and, uh, you know, we played there before. They get a decent crowd. But it just, it did never really came together. You know, the band played okay, a little bit tired, a little bit not present. Um, And the audience just, uh, you know, there were like a lot of families with little kids. And I think there was a lot of tending to little kids. We had some friends who drove all the way out to see us and a little bit of family that that came to see us. But um, I was like, we're going to crush this. And we're going to say, this is the greatest four in a row that we've ever done. And I'd say I give, I give an, an eight and a half, a nine, and a nine and a half to the first three, and then eh, maybe a six and a half or a seven to the last one. A little bit, you know, disappointing because we were on such a roll. Yep. And again, we didn't play bad. I, you know, I had a couple of brain lapses. Sure. My voice was really tired. You know, there were, but there was just a general lack of going over. I mean, we even played. We our second set is a pretty killer dance set for these types of things. I mean, it, it, this is an outdoor. You typically play the park. same set at at every gig, or do you mix it up a little bit? Um, we mix every show up. Okay. Um, but there's a kind of a basic structure hmm. and certain songs we plug into certain places that sure. kind of rotate around. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, we started the second set with a Prince tune. Uh, Let's go crazy. It was okay. You know, got some people, you know, up and going, just kind of observing the audience. And then the second song was that Bruno Mars song, Uptown Funk. Oh, yeah. Got a lot of people out, you know, and then, and then the third song was, um, I can't go for that, which, you know, to me is one of the greatest dance grooves of all time. And, uh, and about half them. the, yeah, about half the people that were there just kind of floated back to where they were. But it, I mean, even like sign seal delivered or, you know, there was even one or two earth, one and fire songs that it was just not the same result that we usually get. Wow. So it was just one of those lessons that, and I, you know what I, I think a little bit of this is we play so much around here. We get a little spoiled that we always have a Homer crowd. You know, we've built a pretty good audience in the South Bay area sure. and you know, we, we always have, and we didn't have much of that in the Southern, we had, you know, maybe, maybe six or eight people who knew us and, uh, people came up afterwards and said, Oh, that was great. That was great. Which, you know, they kind of always do, but it just didn't feel the same as the other three. Again, the band was a little bit tired, not terrible. Um, I definitely had a couple of, you know, missed a couple of verses on some things. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. Last one, just, uh, yeah. Anticlimactic can, after the first three. It can be tough, right? You know, I always say that, the the gig that is 
you know, either sandwiched in the middle or certainly at the end of, of a long string, you know, the first couple, you, you okay. Yep. We're getting our footing. And then, and, and especially if you have a good run, like you did, you can hit the stage too comfortable, right. For a lot of reasons. And, and also tired, right. You know, but, but that, that too comfortable, like, oh, we're, we're just going to, you know, we're going to nail this one. Um, and then if you don't get the reaction from the crowd that you're expecting, right. I mean, it sounds like you kind of had a perfect storm to create not a bad experience, but a, a non-stellar experience, certainly for you guys on stage. And that can, that can be, that can suck getting into your head. Um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. It's good. It it reminds you to be humble, you Mm -hmm. know, at the break between the two sets, it was a three hour gig. We did two sets. At the break, we were like, all right, guys, we got to get it back. We got to finish strong. It's nobody remembers. Nobody remembers how you started, only how you rem- how you finished. Right. <laughs> and that's so, true. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and we came out, and like I said, we were playing some of our best stuff and we got a little bit of reaction and then it just kind of dissipated away. And it just reminds you, you know, you got to keep working. You know, you got to you got to dig deep, you know, bear down. Always. And always. You know, no matter how good the last you're only as good as your current gig. Well, that's 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 the thing about live art, right, is is that the last gig is the only one that matters. And it almost doesn't even matter anymore because it's over. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's like you're on to the next one and it's, it, you know, all right. Well, but, you know, it's the blessing and the curse of live art. Right. You know, OK, you had this thing that in your eyes, it sounds like in the crowd's eyes, it was actually quite great. But, you know, in your eyes, it, it wasn't what you wanted to deliver. And uh, and. The good news is, well, you get to uh, you get to try again next weekend, right? That's but, it. And but the bad news is, y- you know, you don't get to think about, oh, it was great, you know. <laughs> but it, yeah, it yeah, moves I, on. I was looking, I was looking forward to finishing up and saying we just had the best streak of four gigs. We had a very good streak. We had a great streak of three gigs. Yep, and an, and an okay last last gig. Yeah, but so. you know what that always means is having that 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 rough gig for whatever reason makes it so that everybody hits the stage for the next one more alert, more aware. And, and, and I mean, I say that in, in a, and I'm speaking generally, I know that for the next one, uh, everybody's going to hit the stage a whole lot more alert and aware because they got a different drummer. That's uh, right. <laughs> so that would have happened anyway. <laughs> but, so I got to tell you, it was pretty funny. We finished the last gig yeah. and uh, you know, everybody's just kind of tearing down and you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting out of there. And Joe says to the band, he says, all right, you guys, I'm not going to be at the next one. You take good care of Dave. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so nice, man. He sent me, he and I had a, he texted me, I don't know, about a week ago. And was just like, look, if you have any questions. And, and he's been really, really supportive about the whole thing, which is great. It makes it, yeah, he is yeah. a good guy. Yeah. Everybody in your band that I've met is, is good. I mean, that's why you wouldn't, I mean, I know you do this and get paid, but come on. I mean, if you got somebody that's a jerk, you don't need them around. That's true. <laughs> so yeah. Why make it unpleasant? Why make it unpleasant? Yeah. Self-selecting. That's right. Yeah. And, and trust me with me, it'll only be unpleasant for two gigs. Um, the, the playing will be fine, but you know, the, the attitude's going to be awful. No, no, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be good. Everybody's looking forward to it. Um, everybody's I am too just, now. I, um, yeah, I you're had, feeling comfortable. I had a, yeah, I had a rough week last week. Um, for a lot of reasons, I, I mean, it, most of them had nothing to do with with any of this. Uh, but I had a, like a lot going on at work. We did a massive migration from uh, a not a non secure website to a secure website from Mac Observer, and it's just one of those things where there's 
tons of balls in the air and they all have to land in exactly the right places at exactly the same time in order for that kind of migration to work. And so it's just, it was a lot of mental energy is really all it was. It was, it's actually quite enjoyable. I, I like that stuff, but it's, you know, it's just naturally stressful in the moment. And we kind of finished that. And Friday I was hoping to have some time to like sit down and play through the tunes. I'm like, Oh, Friday's going to be an easy day. I'll, I'll prep uh, my other podcast, Mac geek Gab in the morning. And I'll, I'll run through some of the house rockers tunes in the afternoon and, and I'll coast into the weekend. It'll be great. And the morning up until about 2 PM was just totally eaten up by just a couple of these lingering things from this migration. And uh, I was like, crap. And I, I got most of Mac geek Gab prepped. And then it was like, I had to go, we had to go somewhere or whatever. And it was about time to go to bed on Friday night. And I was just totally like wired and wound up. And I was like, oh man. And I, and I'm, and so I just, when that happens to me, I just sit down and I take stock. I'm like, all right, what are the things I'm thinking about? What's, what's stressing me that I don't realize is stressing me, you know, or do and figure it out. And uh, all I wanted to do was come over here and play through all those tunes. And it was like, all right, well, that'll be stress relief. I like playing the drums, but I was stressed about, the forms of these tunes and like getting them right and all that stuff. And I sat, I think I got over here about midnight 30 and played for about two hours. And uh, by the end of it, it was like, you know, I'd made all the notes I wanted to make and all of that stuff. I had finally gotten the charts from you on Friday. And like, I realized that was stressing me out. Not, not having them, even though I'm not using them, I was sort of waiting to build my own stuff until I had gotten your stuff. And it was like, Oh, all this stuff was, but, but now I'm like, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm confident. On on the tunes, um, you know, I'm ready. I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm still going to flub something here and there, but uh, <laughs> let's let's just be honest about that. But well, I mean, it, you know, some of these I just don't know exactly the arrangement, you, you know, and the horn charts are, are helping in that regard. But um, but I'm, I mean, there's going to be stuff that I miss, but um, but on the grooves and stuff, I'm 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 really confident coming in. So yeah. I I think endings are going to be the hardest thing because we yep. do so many non-standard things, right? But again, Strom is extremely committed to walking you through these mm-hmm. things. So no, I'm looking forward to it, and and I like that stuff. I like that you know communication on stage. So uh, that that I mean it'll it'll be interesting in the moment, but it it there there is an aspect of that that's enjoyable. I, I like subbing because of that, you know. I can, uh, I could just come in and, and, you know, she's your masochist. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I like, I, I, as Those I theater said, gigs to me seem like an ima- incredible amount of stress for an incredibly short run. <clears throat> that is very true. Um, they are that that's a, it, it, that's exactly what it is. It's well, it's an incredible amount of intensity is really what it, what it comes down to. And, and, and as a byproduct of that intensity stress, Um, because it all has to come together. And what's interesting is, you know, there's this ex, I don't even want to say expectation. There's this drive towards perfection, but opening night of a theater gig is not when perfection happens. Uh, you know, it, it like, that's still, it, 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 things change, you know, and the show sort of morphs, even though the lines don't change and the music doesn't change the sort of the nuances of it and getting it right. You know, the repetition is naturally just going to, going to make it different and hopefully better. Um, but you know, opening nights always kind of rough, but even, you know, and, and that's where it gets interesting is like the third night of a run, you know, you've gotten through the opening night, whatever you get through the second night. Okay. Now the third night you show up, don't be too comfortable. 
because <laughs> you don't really know this show yet. You know, <laughs> it's like you got to be on your toes for those gigs. And so, yeah, there's always that that um, that kind of heightened uh, alertness and and all of that. And you can't you just can't take your eye off the ball. It's um, and you keep going back. I do. In fact, I just signed up for another one. I, 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 I negotiated my way into it. Um, and my family was totally into me playing it. And I was like, okay. Um, it's a, it's a show by a, a local playwright, a guy named Billy Butler. He had some, uh, moderate off Broadway success with a play that he wrote called the gay bride of Frankenstein. And, uh, I've worked with him both in the context of him being an actor. He was, uh, he played the role of Dan in next to normal when I did that. And, um, then I worked with him on one of his, his own shows. I think it was the second one that he wrote called missing winter last year. Uh, and it was so well, I mean, it was just an amazing show, uh, really powerful show. And this one, he's written a bunch of songs and, uh, they weren't necessarily built to be uh, a musical, but these crazy guys that uh, directed and produced Missing Winter with him, they're called the Mad Men of Oopsie Daisy Inc. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right. That they, they are, they make puppets. Um, they make stuff that they sell on Etsy and they create productions and direct plays. And they're just like these brilliant, they're a couple, um, you know, they're married and they're, like brilliant mad scientist genius crazy guys and they're a pleasure to work with but you never know what you're going to get and so they concocted this idea they're like oh billy you know we should take a bunch of your songs it's going to be 24 of his songs and we'll create a story that's just like moving living theater uh 12 songs in the first act 12 songs in the second act and there'll be like similar characters in each of the songs. The first act, I'm I'm told, I don't know how much how much I'm supposed to tell about this, but um, the first act is when everybody is is sort of living, and the second act is sort of the afterlife. Um, and it was like, all right, cool, this will be great because it's all these crazy people and these really creative people, and and it'll be awesome. And so I kept pestering Billy, and I kept pestering Brandon, one of the two Mad Men, like you know, I want to do this gig. And finally, Billy was like, oh, okay, I'm ready to pull a band together. Are you available? And so we compared calendars and we got together and we chatted. And yes, you know, the, the schedule's pretty much going to work. But I hadn't really thought it through. This isn't like a normal theater gig where the music's written and I show up for a couple of rehearsals and then it's tech week and off to the races. This is, it's all sort of being created um, by everyone. And as we, as I was sitting with, with Billy talking about it, he's like, so... Um, some songs are going to need like, you know, just full on rock drums and like, you know, power. And he's like, other stuff is going to need maybe some percussion. And he's like, and, and, and he's like, you sing, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, how are you with harmonies? And I'm like, actually, I have a really good head for harmonies. He's like, right. That's what I thought. Okay, great. Um, what other instruments do you play? It's like, uh, um, uh -oh. well, yeah, exactly. Uh Oh, like, well, he's like, you play piano, right? Now he, Billy's a piano player. Um, and he's a pretty good piano player. I'm like, yeah, I'm not as good as you. And my reading on piano is weak. And, uh, he's like, but you can read like chord charts and stuff. I said, yeah. He's like, great. He said, cause there's some songs that I'm actually going to be out singing and I, I'm going to need, you know, you to play piano on those. I'm like, okay. He's like, and what about guitar? He's like, you, you also play guitar, right? I'm like, okay. 
like, like sort of the same as piano, but, uh, you know, I can read chord charts and if the chords aren't too difficult, I can form them with my hands and play them. <laughs> you know, he's like not quickly, not quickly, but I'll get there. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, but you know, he's like, yeah, but he, he knows me. We've worked together enough that he knows that I know how to just deal with it. Right. It, like we were talking last week, you know, if you're in the moment and you can't do the, the very technical thing you hear in your head what the most important thing is to play and you just simplify down to that and you play that and move on. Right. And, and uh, he's like, yeah, this is great because everybody's going to be singing. Everybody's going to be playing different things. He's like, the band might actually move around. It's like, Oh man, what have I, you know, there's like two weeks of music rehearsals. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm, I'm petrified about this, this gig. Um, but I don't want out. I mean, it, you know, it's not like it's, it's, you know, I now think it's a challenge. Yeah. It's, it's like, it, you know, if, if I think of like, you know, the concentric circles of the comfort zone, the very middle is, is very comfortable. You know, the very outside is, is like, I'm panicked and, and freaked out. And so I'm somewhere in the middle and that's that I, I like that. I like to do that to myself and just step like, you know, a little bit outside. So there's a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. But, I decide in I decide in retrospect if I've bitten off more than I can chew. So I'll let you know when the show wraps up after Halloween. Yeah, well, I'll be able to tell in your voice. <laughs> you will. Yeah. It'll, and it'll be one of those things where I'll get more stressed as we head into rehearsals. And then Tech Week, it it has to settle in, right? I mean, pretty much once you get to Tech Week, you know who you have. You know who you're working with. And you begin to experience the limitations of those people. Right. And 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 hopefully you've pi- you've pulled people in where the limits are are um, acceptable. Right. I mean, that's basically what you're doing when you're hiring for something like this. You know, have you ever had a director that, or, that you wouldn't or a musical director that you won't work with again? Like you, you didn't have his stuff together. And on top of an already stressful situation, bad preparation made it even worse. And you just are not up for that. Um. I, I have people I don't think I've I've got anyone on the never list. Um, I have people that are on the I know that I need to do more than just show up and play the drums list. It, it, you know, like 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 that where they don't have their stuff together. So I know that I'm going to need to manage upwards more than I normally would if, if yeah. you know. Um, and so there might be a scenario where like if I hear. Uh, this, you know, if some person asked me to do a gig or whatever, and it's like, well, I don't know that I have the time. They'll say it's going to be two rehearsals. And I know that means it's going to be five, <laughs> you know, because we're going to do the two and they're going to be too freaked out as the music rehearsals never go swimmingly. It's, you know, to me, those are a, an opportunity to see how everybody is going to fit together. And, and then in your head, you sort of project forward to, okay, well, once that person has their part together and once I have my part together, now I understand how they'll fit together. Or and, it'll be, okay, that person's not going to be of no help to me. They're not going to get the prep done. Right. Yeah, that too. Right. Yeah. Usually in theater, though, it, you you tend not to – I've been fortunate. I tend not to run into people who don't do any prep. I don't know how you could – you wouldn't get called back. Unless you're just a total monster and could nail everything on the first take, in which case that's also okay by me, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure those people are out there, but they, you know, they, they, they won't get a second phone call because a, a music director, certainly one that's getting a lot of work, doesn't want to have to, they want the easy button, you know? And, and so I, and I know that, and I know that I can be very, um, if, if I, if left to my own devices, I can be, um, 
I can provide too much input, right? So I have to be very careful. I have to pick my, not battles, but I have to well, this pick. is last week's question. It's last right? week's question. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like when, well, it's, but it's not even that it's just like, like I can get crazy about, uh, well, and you heard this last week, like give me all these extra details. Like, you know, and I, we got sort of pedantic about it for the show last week, for, <clears throat> just for the sake of doing the show and sort of ex- exhaustively going through, but I could be that exhaustive anyway, even if we weren't doing it for infotainment value. Um, and I have to temper that so that I, so that I get the next phone call, you know, because, because it's more than just how well did you play the show? It's, you know, I have to deal with you for a month in very close quarters. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, do, do I want to effectively, there's a healthy way to, there's a healthy way to exist through that and an unhealthy way to exist. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and the music is imp- an important part, but it's sort of a prerequisite. It's, it's assumed and everything else is on top cool. of it. Yeah. So. Good luck with this crazy project. So we'll Thanks, see how man. you do. I know <laughs> we will. <laughs> yeah. So you got, you got a sub gig with the house rockers and you're bouncing right into this other thing. Mm-hmm. You, now there's, this does reveal a little bit about your personality, Dave. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm comfortable with who I am, the craziness. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had to come to terms with it. <laughs> it's good. Hey, speaking of um, being uh, overbearing and exhaustive, you and I have this acoustic gig on uh, on Thursday night, right? I got to find you something to tap onto. So I, I had some thoughts about that that I figured I would share with you. It would be great if there was something to tap onto, like congas or, or a cajon or something like that. But if we don't have that, I had two alternative ideas. And the third would be, I don't play anything with you, but that's sort of, that would be my least preferable outcome of this. Um, Uh uh, One, because you could, you've certainly done these gigs by yourself, you know? um, Yeah. One would be, uh, and I don't know when or where the entire drum set is, but you know, brushes on a snare drum and maybe a hi-hat cymbal would be perfectly suitable for an acoustic gig. Hmm. So, so that's, and I know we'll have a snare drum for Saturday. I just don't know where or when yeah, that's it's all pretty happening. far away. Okay. All right. So that may or may not be an option. Um, but I might be able to borrow that from Mr. Chaffin. So we could, that we, I, we could see about that. Um, and then number two is, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I'm not uh, the, me holding a guitar in my hands is not entirely foreign. I don't know what your set list looks like, but there's certainly, you know, uh, tunes we could play where I could accompany you on guitar if you have a second guitar. And I'm well, pretty sure you do. Let me, let me tell you the whole setup here. So yeah. it's a winery gig, mm-hmm. two easy hours. I bring that Bose yep. um, system that I have. So I basically, I have four channels. Okay. Um, two vocals, uh, two instruments. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta work out something to get another mic and a mic stand. See, this is already, Amplifying in complexity. So, so, um, so that there's that, um, I don't make set lists for these things. I just okay. play. Right. That's so great. I think what we'll do is cause I also do a lot of like very singer songwriting, like, like I think I'll do a set and then, and I'll let you get drunk on wine and then, <laughs> and then I'll ease you in cause it's a great winery Sure. and then I'll ease you in and we'll have some fun in the second set and, you know, I'll keep some stuff for that and then sure. we'll kind of hang. Um, and we'll, we can, Maybe I'll send you a couple songs to think about over the week, or maybe I'll just surprise you. I don't know. You're the one who seems to like the, who likes the challenges of things. Challenges are fine. Yeah. And I, you know, and I've got a list of songs too, many of which that we've played together over the years that we could yeah. easily do. So I'll send those over. Okay. I will. Yeah. I'll send those so that you don't uh, burn them all in the first set. 
And uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. So yeah, I, I'll find something for you to tap on. I mean, it may be bongos. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. 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 All right. But I, again, I, I really mean it. I'm not opposed to, you know, just grabbing a second guitar and playing along with you. I'm not, I'm not that horrible. And, and where I am horrible, I just, you know, don't play. So. Well, then the thing is, think about, think about in these, in these songs, you're going to send me mm-hmm. uh, what you could play guitar on. Okay. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, I think I prefer just to just keep it simple because these are very low key kind of mellow games. Exactly. And- yeah. So I think a little bit of a beat to some of the things I do would be would add a lot. Would, yeah, I that would that, I would agree that would be my preference too. Yeah. 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 So well, let's see if we can make that part happen. Okay. So that'll be good. Cool. And now for those, those people who don't know, I'm heading out on a on a red eye tonight. I'll be in New York until uh, uh, Wednesday night. I return Wednesday night. Dave comes in mid afternoon on Thursday. Pretty much picking him up, saying hi, dropping his stuff off, and going to the first gig. We have Friday to chill. And probably we'll talk through some of the endings of the house rocker stuff. Yeah. You know, we have, there's a lot of people want to see you and, you know, Mary Ellen, Steve want to see you. Bill wants to get dinner one night. And so there's a lot, there's a big Dave fan club forming out here for you to get into town. That's great. Yeah. And, um, and then, uh, then we have Saturday, we're doing, you know, three and a half set, three, one hour sets and one half hour set, leaving that immediately and driving back to get to a, a fundraiser that's being held for this music in the park gig I have. So we're going to get right to that okay. Sunday, you know, our, our, we have a one o'clock downbeat, I think. And uh, so we're going to get out of the house about 1130, you know, so cool. And then, and then we're leaving the gig on Sunday and going right to a music in the park. So you can kind of see this concert series that I put together. Sweet. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be action packed. Friday is a day where we can yeah. like, look at each other and, and breathe for a little bit and but, hang out a little. That's good. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah. Hey, I saw Jackson Brown a couple of weeks ago. Or last week, actually. I saw that. How, how awesome. was the show? Yeah. Great, great show. Great, great band. Yes. Um, you know, so many wonderful songs that he has. I mean, his voice is really, it's not, it's not technically a great voice. No. But it's very much an iconic voice. Yeah. I mean, you know, when he sings, when he sings, even when he sings Take It Easy, it has a very special feel to it. But all, you know. He just put together a really interesting set list. The one thing Jackson Brown does that I am not a fan of, and he did this when we saw him solo acoustic, is he encourages his audience to talk to him. Right. Which really gets irritating. I mean, I mean, you know, that one person who's really intent on getting his song, his request heard, to have that person stand up between every freaking song and yell it out can be a little bit exhausting and kind of take away from the overall vibe. I'm not sure why such an experienced performer like that would take that route. What do you think? Why, why would do that? You know, I had a very different, I noticed that, but I had a very different experience with it when we saw Jackson Brown. I mean, it's, it's the same tour. So same band and, uh, you know, same general vibe. Uh, we saw him a couple of months ago, but we saw him at a place where he kept commenting about the fact that they had wait staff serving everybody drinks. And, and so the crowd in a general, I didn't have anything to drink that night, but in a general sense, the crowd was pretty, pretty liquored up. Um, and he did that thing where he started talking to the crowd and the crowd was all, there wasn't just the one guy. It was all the people that wanted to talk to him. And I actually thought he handled it like a pro because he instantly changed his, his tune. It was like, okay, wait a minute. I, you know, these people are loaded. They just want to have fun. And, and so he kind of changed. Yeah. In fact, he did change the set list quite a bit. Um, 
and and ran with it and just played hit after hit after hit and had everybody up and dancing and and um it was a it was a diff- different show and in fact at the end he's like you know I always come out and say before we come out I ask the band like what what are we going to do to make tonight different he's like tonight we didn't have to do anything you folks did it um but it, it was he was it's, like it's a total risk though right it so, is. so that's it's totally song a risk. That's, yeah that one song that's important to one person yeah might not be important I and mean, I got to say the last of these three gigs one of the gigs we had, um, it was a dance gig, and we had a woman in the front yelling at us to play Tower of Power mm. every song for an hour. Tower of Power, and you know, Tower of Power. I, you know, to me, we were playing kind of our best pop popular stuff, yeah. and Tower of Power certainly is you know great, and we have a lot of Tower of Power. But this was a dance gig, and I didn't want to divert from something. But she was being really insistent on it, and I and I just couldn't do it. And then um, one of the other gigs, <laughs> we had someone come up. And he he had a request for us to when we first started the band, I think I referred to it as the great the great swing scare of the late nineties. Yes. yes, that's right. Um, yeah. uh, someone wanted us to go back, and we, and we haven't touched that Brian Setzer stuff in a long time. That is not stuff you just pull out. I mean, it's just right. Oh charged, yeah, incredibly complex and everything. So couldn't do that. And then again, you know, kind of a dance gig. And then he was like, hey, "Play Scarlet Begonias." And, you know, the point is requests that were inactionable. Right. Yes. And um, the, the path of requests is a is a is fraught with danger. I think again, the biggest one, most obvious one, is what's important to one person. That's pretty obviously not going to be important to everybody else. The room and the vibe has to be exactly right if you're going to start, you know, entertaining those types of things. And I actually, I just ignored the requests. Um, I don't know. Maybe you think I lost fans by not doing what one person wanted me to do. Well, I don't know. I, I don't get the psychology of requests. I don't, I would never assume my, what's of interest to me is more important than what's of interest to everybody else in the room. Yeah, right, right. So, but, but there's a difference between musicians on stage and the fans that come to see them and, and it, you know, it, I mean, I talk about this in our small business show all the time. There's a difference between employers and employees and, and what one group wants and expects and the way they see the world is often very, very different from the way the other group sees the world. And both are necessary for that interaction to work. So you sort of have to accept that there's going to be those people that are going to request the most important thing to them. And with no concept that this might or might not be the right thing for everyone else in the room, you know, uh, but how you handle that person, I've found acquiescing to a request makes everyone else in the room more comfortable talking to you. Right. And I guess a better way to say that is completely shutting the door on the request makes everyone else uncomfortable about bringing their requests to you or bringing anything to you. And and it, it that interaction, you, you know, you, you've just like closed a door an, an easy avenue to to show that that we're all in this together. You know, all right. So and, I would definitely say I have work to do there, but I would push back and say. Well, but you can't necessarily play. I mean, you have to you have to acknowledge and deal with the request in a way. And this is not easy. Right. All right. So tell me, how how do you acknowledge and 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 say no to a request? um, The way I usually do it is if somebody comes up like the last gig we were doing, somebody was requesting Jackson Brown songs, believe it or not. And we don't other than take it easy. We don't know any in in the uh, in the fling acoustic thing. 
So it was just like, oh, man. And we we had a conversation about the song. Quick one. You know, it was like he's like, oh, you guys do a great job of uh, Dr. My Eye. And be like, oh, man, you know what? That would be a great song to do. Guys, we got to learn that song. That would be killer. Right. And that way it's not you're you're not going <laughs> to the song will not be played. Uh, however, we are. You know, great idea. Acknowledging that the request is awesome. Yep. And uh, and if you happen to request something that we knew, well, then we might actually play it. Now, it's a little different when somebody's saying, you know, I saw you 10 years ago and you played Scarlet Begonias. You better play it today. But again, you can say, wow, you know, that's a great tune. We just haven't played it in so long. And, you know, half the band has changed since then. So I, I can't pull that out. But you know what? We're going to work that one up for the next time. I think the greatest empathy I've ever gotten when turning down a request is like, oh, great song. I can tell that's really important to you. Yeah. We don't know it well enough, and we would definitely ruin that song for you forever if we were to try it now. That's right. And you get a little bit of a laugh and, and, uh, and that type of thing. So, yeah. But, um, yeah. And you know that's not true. You could play, you could be a, do an awful version of whatever song it is, and uh, and people would be happy. They you know for the most part. But, but, but it's an out. It's an out. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's totally it. Yeah. And and Jackson Brown was actually doing that with people at the at the gig I saw. People would request stuff, and he'd be like, "Oh man, that's great." He's like, "The band doesn't know it," and he's like, "Frankly, neither does anybody else here." But you know, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, you want that interaction. The other thing about about the requests are you've written your set list in a way that creates some kind of mood, vibe, momentum, you know, whatever it is, and you know, often a request will derail that entirely. Yes. Yeah. So, but, but not always in a bad way. It can be the thing that saves the gig. You know, if you've, I would say that, that if a gig is, is, is needing saving, well, or it, it then can you be can the probably thing that, entertain things. Yeah. If it, if it can be the thing that makes the gig though, like I've played gigs where we've, you know, written a set list. That's exactly that. And it has a nice flow to it. And the audible, especially the audible that comes from somebody in the crowd at the right time. And it's not always that serendipitous, but it can be. And it's like, oh, yeah, that changed everything. What a great idea. You know? Yeah. I mean, you got to, you know, you, I, any request that comes in, you have to, you know, do that immediate gut check of how does this resonate with me? Right. And sometimes it's that, you know, somebody in the crowd has a great idea it's like, oh, yeah, good idea. Let's do that, you know. And other times they have a really bad idea. And 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 you need to just handle that, you know, gracefully and, and hopefully in a way that at least the rest of the crowd is on your side. Hopefully that person, too. Sometimes not so much. <laughs> Depends. Depends on how much they've had to drink. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be fun. I'm uh, we'll to talk about. We'll have a lot of laughs. We'll have a we'll have a good couple of good shared experiences. Uh, yeah, man. It's been a long time since we've played together. And I'm I'm really stoked about doing this uh, acoustic gig with you. It's been a long time since we've uh, we did one of those in the past. Uh, but I'm I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, playing. And, and I'm frankly, I'm looking forward to singing with you a little bit. It's been good. it's been too long since we've done that. Yeah. I yeah. have a really good time. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, folks, that's it feedback at giggabpodcast.com is where you can find us really facebook.com slash giggabpodcast is uh is a great place to find us and you can find us uh we'll post on the thing i think it's the, the wine bar 107 at testarossa winery in los gatos is that right that's right and then uh the good guys national west coast car show 2016 in pleasanton 